0: This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Hello, and welcome to our episode of Voices of the Peace. First and foremost, we'd like to acknowledge that we live on uh, the traditional territory of the Deneza and secondly, I'd really like to say thank you. For everybody who's given us feedback, it's been wonderful to hear everyone. And also we apologize for the delay between episodes. Uh, In Fort St. John, we know how to get busy. And that's definitely happened over the last few months. If you're just tuning in, this podcast was created as a way to find out more about our town, our community, and the people who are in it. I know that when I drive down, especially now, I can look around and go, how did that get there? Why are we digging this up? What's this? How long has that building been here? And it's really neat to hear the stories of the people who helped create this town as I know it. Uh, And that's where this uh, podcast, this video podcast, comes in. We're wanting to find those stories. We want to find those teams. We want to find those people. We want to know what happened, and we want to celebrate the stories here in Fort St. John. And we've partnered with a few great partners, Urban Systems, who build vibrant communities, and also North River Midstream, who know with the right players and a great community, we can definitely do this. So my name is Ted Sloan. Very honored to have you here. And welcome to Voices of Peace. My next guest today is a community fixture for me. She's someone who I've had the pleasure of bumping into into all kinds of events. And I can say a lot of wonderful things about her. She's a mom. She's a grandmother. She, As she grows older, she only seems to get more and more involved with local sports and local activities. She's a tireless advocate. She makes sure that everyone can be involved and has access in and around our city. She helps here in our town. and I think she helps all across the province. She's run events. She's run, uh, run awareness campaigns, support me some more. And every time I talk to her, and I've had the opportunity to talk to her a little bit before this, I'm always struck by how kind she is, how wise she is, how passionate she is, and uh, how lucky we are to have her in town. So it's my honor today to welcome Laurie Slater to Voices of the Peace. Laurie, th- thank you, for one, for being here. Uh, secondly, how are you today?
1: <laughs> well, Ted, I'm, I'm great, and thank you for that great in- intro. I was looking around thinking... Well, I thought it was me if you were going to be interviewing, but no, it's great to be here.
0: Well, I was, I was so excited when you said yes, because I, I, we talked before. Um, for those who are watching, I got a chance to take, kind of pre-interview, and I realized I've, I've known you now since I think since I was about 15, which is about... Oh, probably. Oh, yeah. yeah. But then I realized I didn't know you before that. So I wanted, we've talked a little bit about how you, you, were, you were born in, in Victoria, Uh, And you asked, do people want to know, or or is it, well, how did you get, how did, how did, how did you get to Fort St. John, Laurie? How
1: did we get to Fort St. John? Well, I was, as you said, born and raised in Victoria, lived there all of my years until I got married, Mm -hmm. young, and Bob had been working up here. He had worked for a company down in Victoria that had sold, and he was doing bits and piece job down there but we had a friend who lived up here and said to Bob hey do you want to come and work for us so he had been up for a couple of weeks at a time and then it got to be a bit longer at a time and finally he was asked if he wanted to move up here so he came home and we made that decision and it was you know, and to break it to our family that was all there. And my mom's first comment was, well, you can go, but don't take my granddaughters with you. <laughs> we went, oh, okay. They were two and five and young, and but here we are almost 40 years later.
0: Have, so when my mother moved from, um, originally from Ontario, and nobody knew where, for, like, mm-hmm. we still have cousins that go... So you're close to Vancouver. Like, did, did you know where Fort St. John was at that point?
1: I did know where Fort St. John was. We had been here before We because of our friends that lived here. Mm-hmm. We had done a circle one year of camping and one thing and another and did end up here in Fort St. John, camping out at Beaton Park. And all we remember is the wasps around the water tank and... It was in the summertime, it was beautiful. We were camped in a campground, provincial campground, and all was good. We visited our friends and went home. Didn't think anything of it that we might end up here one day. And when we did, it was, we packed everything up, and we left on the 27th of December in a storm down there. And it took us a couple of days. One of the fellows that worked with Bob uh, lived in Victoria, so he was home for the holidays, and he sort of came up with us and got to Chatwood, and he said, I'll go ahead and we'll have the house open so that you can move into. And the first thing I said to Bob was, we need to be close to a school so that Lisa, going to kindergarten... Can move in. Well, he did that. We were close to a school, but we get into the house. I go to take her back to school after Christmas, and there's no room for her. The school, the preschool was or the kindergarten was full. Great, here we are. There's a school, but not only that, there was no cable vision. The cable vision ended three blocks that way. So I thought, where has he brought me to? <laughs> Lisa can't get into, pre- or into kindergarten. There's no cable vision. We're supposed to use rabbit ears and all we got was BCTV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was the middle of winter and we were in a duplex if some people remember, it was over on 89th Avenue, okay. right across from Duncan Cran School. There was about three duplexes on the street and a great big field all the way around. Nothing around us. Well, here we were. And fortunately, the people that lived... It was a duplex we moved into. And the people that moved in, or that lived on the other side... She was very friendly. She was one of the nurses at the hospital, Janice Greenlee. And she came over and introduced herself within about three days. And that was the start of a very good friendship. I think I met every nurse at the hospital. Her (laughs) being a nurse, we would go and she'd come over one day. And she had just had, she was actually on maternity leave because she had had a, just had a baby, in October and so we spent a lot of time and we spent a lot of time getting to know and I getting to know people around this city and for a long time it was only nurses that that I knew mm-hmm. and of course our friends that had virtually brought us up here so that well, was the start of
0: I'd- So that was that was what you said around 1983. That was 98
1: 1983 winter of 1983.
0: Okay because that it's really fun hearing about the city before like I so I know the city starting in about 94 so it's interesting when you say Duncan Cran like that field is now full of houses and it's it's so you must have seen you must have seen a few things change. Oh we did
1: absolutely we ended up uh, Janice and Mark, our next-door neighbors, they were buying a house, so I thought, well, I don't want to stay here, so I said <laughs> to Bob, and we started looking at houses, and it just so happened one came available in Camarillo Park for us that we bought, and I think that was 85 we did that, so we'd only been in the duplex a couple of years, but... Uh, So, you know, and they ended up moving across town, not too far from Duncan Cran and whatnot, but we still maintained our relationship because I, when I first moved up here, did daycare. Really? Yes. Yeah, I did daycare for her Mm -hmm. because she went back to work after six months. So I was looking after a six-month-old and nurses just were having babies and I... Was the one that they were coming to. And for, oh, Heather, I did that for about four years okay. until Heather, actually, the youngest daughter at that time, went to kindergarten. And when she went to grade one, and I had all these little ones, but mine had gone to school. So it was time that I just. And these kids were all getting older. So I had about four, as well as my own two, that aged from, well, six months, because at that time the girls were going back to work about six months mm-hmm. after, into a maternity leave, to about three. And yeah. So.
0: That's, this is so neat. Um, because, say, one of the things I should have mentioned at the top is you do such wonderful work. Um, you're such a good advocate for accessibility, but I also love, I just love reading about the things that you've done and things. So I didn't know you did childcare. B, uh, this is something that you said on the phone, which I thought was interesting. It says you love snorkeling. Mm -hmm. Did you, do you snorkel? Do you go places or what? I do. Yes. How, how, what, where, how I like, I tried snorkeling once and it freaked me right out just because I didn't realize how calm it was or Mm -hmm. it was so quiet. So what, what do you like about how, where do you go snorkeling? It
1: was, well, basically it's, only been since I've been in my chair. I was okay. born with spina bifida, okay. but I walked until I was almost 40 years old with issues. I'd had surgeries in one thing and another, and it wasn't until we were holidaying in, I think, the first place I did it. First place I really remember doing it was when we were in Hawaii. No, Costa Rica was our first trip. After I became disabled that we did a, a long distance trip, Bob had actually won he was by this time working for Ford okay. up here, and he won a he was a service writer and had won this trip all expenses paid to Costa Rica for service managers, so yeah, that was the first place and it just is so freeing to. Able to just float. I mean, I need to have something around the top of me mm-hmm. because my legs just seem to go down mm-hmm. and facing the water and breathing, and I could be there for hours. I know the last time we were in Hawaii, I was with my girls, and we were out, uh, and there was waves, and it was amazing because the waves were coming in, But as the waves were coming in, the turtles were coming in as well. And, yeah, it was unbelievable. And the girls would say, and they would carry me into the water, so I would get right to the water and go in. And they'd say, Mom, are you ready to come out yet? No, no. (laughs) And, yeah, so any chance I get that I do that.
0: So the, tur- so the one time I've been to Hawaii, I didn't realize how big those turtles are and how like I went swimming with my wife and like a turtle smacked her and just how it was one of those things that you look at and you, you just go, wow, we're part of this planet. This is so neat. This yeah. thing is there and, and it's an incredibly peaceful thing.
1: Yeah, no, it really is. And I mean, one time we were, we went on a tour and it was in Hawaii again, and there had just been a storm. And the turtles get quite, and they don't see you. And we were told to stay back from them because, you know, give them their space. Well, I was down there, and this turtle kept coming towards me. And I'm thinking, we were told to stay back (laughs) from them. You stay there. I'll give you your space. You give me mine. But they are. they're, They're quite large. But they're amazing creatures. Just amazing. I could watch them and... Yeah, forever. <laughs> well, this is... What other
0: kind of things? I know that we talked a bit... I saw a picture um, of, of some of the wonderful flowers you have. But when see, when I first met you, you you helped me really understand... We were talking on the phone this too... How hard it is to go on gravel in a wheelchair. I just remember that blowing my mind. But then as, as I've gotten a bit older, um, yeah, I realized like you are such a wonderful, kind person with this huge, varied life. You, you like to snorkel. You have such a wonderful family. Um, what other things do you like to get up to
1: well I like I say um, I when I went from doing daycare I did a, a return to work program a women's return to work program and I worked at the Child Development Center you worked at the 11, CDC I worked at the CDC for 11 years as the office administrator and I just loved working there. My co-worker, Diane, she made me feel so welcome. Diane Ambo, bless her heart, she's not with us any longer, but she was just such a wonderful person and a wonderful mentor. And I always said, when I grew up, I want to be like Diane. And of course, I was still able-bodied at the time. And then near the end of the 11th, Year I really started struggling, and I had to have some surgery done. And that was when I had to leave the CDC. I left in about 2002, it was, and had some surgery in 2003 that just was a progressive until about 2005 when there was nothing more that could be done. And I was progressively, it was just getting progressive that, I was eventually in the wheelchair, but I, and that opened up huge big doors for me because I became involved with the Rick Hansen Foundation, became a mentor or an ambassador for them, and did some work with them around the pro met Rick Rick Hansen. He's amazing too, and i i did a lot of work with them i did a lot of volunteer work with them and so they said to me one we we would like to put um nominate you for a courage to come back award through vancouver coastal health and i went well i'm not worthy of that i mean i i love doing what i do i had put on wheelchair events wheels in motion. I think that's when we that's met when we met you. You were working with the radio station and I got you in a chair <laughs> and we went on that gravel and all of those kind of things. And and that's I did so much of that. And it was so much a part of my life that I dedicated to access and inclusion, been the mayor, the chair of the Mayor's Accessibility Committee that was formed here in Fort St. John and was on that committee for a number of years. And there were changes being made. There are things happening, but it's something you have to stay at. And people say, well, why do you do it? But it was a real passion for me. And I think I did it also because one of the first things someone said to me when I came back from rehab down south was, well, I guess you're moving from Fort St. John. There just isn't the services that you need. And I thought, well, no, I, that hadn't even entered my mind. My family was here. I had grandchildren here. And I thought, well, maybe we'll work on getting those services here for people with spinal cord injuries or or the such. So I went on, became quite the advocate, got involved with Spinal Cord Injury BC, Mm -hmm. as a first on the board, uh, as a board member. And that job was so boring.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) okay.
1: Because I would sit, I didn't go to Vancouver for board meetings, I would sit for three hours on a phone oh. call and never getting asked what was going on in the north as far as what was happening. It just wasn't my thing. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't too long after that that I was asked if I would become the up here coordinator and work with people with spinal cord injuries and other disabilities and i haven't looked back since then um i love that part of the work i do when people come back to the community and have been in rehab and just see how how we get back into our our community and be be a valued member of our community and because we all it doesn't matter how we end up in a in a wheelchair we all seem to have the same type of issues and things that we go to coffee groups and we talk about on a, on a peer to peer basis, where we don't have. I mean, the doctors and the uh, physiotherapist, occupational therapist, all of those are all part of a, of our team. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing like that peer to peer interaction that is just so special to me and to be able to work with those people and and those people eventually become friends that some of them I've had for a number of years. Some of them are even kids that I knew from the Child Development Center are now peers of mine with Spinal Cord Injury BC.
0: That's... Well, because when you were mentioning that you were, you were working with kids, you were at the CDC, and that you've been here for, for a few years. Yeah. I mean, you would have watched the town grow up. You would have... Yeah. Eh, oh, that is such a, that's such a wonderful, um, almost kind of circle. Or, it
1: almost or, is, you know, to see these kids that were eventually, you know, where they were... Some of them were younger, but some of them were in their teens, and they're now 30 35 40 years old and and appear whereas it was different as a office manager mm-hmm. and in administration seeing these kids come in and some of them you know to see them walk for the first time in a, a standing frame or just some of the things that they did would bring tears to your eyes. And I watch them now. And I'm not gonna mention any names, but you know, he used to be just a real character and a joker. And he still is. And I love it. You know, we've got that it's an adult type relationship and a peer relationship. So
0: You're just must be so full like you in hearing you talk about this like I, and, and in when you came in today you were, you it's interesting because i can hear the passion and and the you're ready to make the world a better place for people and you know that takes a lot of work and in the same breath you also know how to to care for someone to hear someone to to be there for someone um yeah you your heart must be very full at the end of it the day. It is.
1: It really is. Uh, you know, and I have to say, when I was so busy through all of that, um, winning awards that I just w- was so honored to receive. But I it just, I was doing what I love doing. And I continue to do what I love doing. I, it's changed a little bit. But I'm still with Spinal Cord Injury BC, but I often say and I always say that I could never do what I've done without Bob at my side because he always, you know, I'd be having a bad day and, oh, I really don't feel like doing this, but he was there and encouraging me and he never likes to be told that (laughs) or anything, but I, I always have to get that in because you know, for a long time. And it still is. It's a team. We've started back with our in-person coffee groups after two years of not being in personal contact with these people. And it's just been amazing. And without Bob helping me now, it wouldn't... Yeah, it's just, it just works. And I'm doing... As I say, I'm doing that now, but I've been doing and continue to do is more accessibility audits and Mm -hmm. consultations. I've done some work with Northern BC Tourism Association and am doing work with Northern BC Tourism and doing audits and reporting and things like that. We just recently did an an audit out at the SAQOC. And we're just doing the reporting on that and really looking forward to what that's gonna be like.
0: Well, that's what I think I I also wanted to highlight too, is that um, I know you and and a lot of people do, you're a big picture in the community. But what I don't think people realize is how much you affect the lives, Uh, you and your team affect the lives of people here in helping buildings become more accessible. And even just bringing awareness to that, we've talked a bit about the frustration of, of how when people design things, they might not consider something that is um, that is easily changed, hopefully. And so mm-hmm. I, I wanted to ask you, it's one of the questions here. Um, uh, it says, are, are there things you wish people knew? Are there obstacles that you bump up against? Or you go, I might want to change this. Or think about this. Is, is there anything? That's a question A. You can talk about the obstacles or that. Or B, um, I was wondering how, I have, a, I have so many questions, um, or how the city has changed in, in your work. So... Either a either path.
1: I, I think, you know, it's accessibility and inclusion is something that is so much a part of who I am and what I do. And it's frustrating when people sometimes just don't get it. As far as, I'm not asking you to do this for me or for people like myself. I'm asking you to do this for everyone. It Whether it's a mom with a stroller or a senior with a walker or just someone that maybe it'd be easier to use a ramp than go up a set of stairs. You know, anybody can benefit from access and inclusion of of a place, uh, it's hard when you know you sit on a committee, and I know trying to get the point across about the importance of it can sometimes be very frustrating. And but on the other hand, when we do get it across. And we've done our homework and taken it to the city, and they've said, yeah, good idea. And you see things like that happen within the community. It is a good feeling. But I think it's something we have to stay on top of. You can be doing... It's always educating and making people aware. And to see how... It benefits everyone, is I think the biggest, that is what I hope my legacy will be, is how we can keep and make our community as accessible as possible. Uh, I know working, um, I've done some work with the city on Kin Park, and working with your wife at Urban Systems, and she's one that gets it. And being able to work with her and, you know, the recommendations that are made and you see them come to fruition is pretty neat. So, you know, I don't do this alone. I've got a team of people and people in the community that make it work. I really
0: appreciated what you were mentioning about that team. Um, I was going to ask, do you ever get tired? Because uh, it's, it's... the way that you talk about it is so passionate, but it, it, it's—it uh, seems like an uphill swim sometimes. But you, it's—and uh, and for those of you who are watching at home, Bob is just off camera. Bob is terrific. Hello, <laughs> Bob. Um, It's—that was definitely one of the things that we wanted to do with this: is say, hey, there are, there are key players like you who—that was such—I really enjoyed when you said, "Okay, I'm not going to move. I'm going to make this town the best place it can be." And that, to me, is who Fort Saint John is: is when you look at it and you don't go, "Well, let's leave," you go. No, this is home. This is family. I'm going to do this because it's the right thing to do. And so I really wanted to be able to celebrate people like you and the teams behind you because mm-hmm. the other thing I've learned about this this city is is it's taken teams of wonderful people, people who I didn't even know about, to do those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, so yeah. thank you for, for that.
1: Well, I mean, it's just something that... it. Just happened, you know, and (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, say it just happened. And yes, I do get tired. I am not Wonder Woman. Uh, I do get tired. I do get cranky. And Bob and my kids, they will attest to that that, you know, we all have that public face and that other face that you really don't want the public to see. (laughs) And But I think just just doing it is it means so much to me. And to see, I mean, it's slow, but it's happening. And I know when we first moved here, there was no curb cuts to get down in a wheelchair. I remember my friend Ray saying when he first became disabled, there was no curb cuts. And there were... Not very many when we moved here either. I never did learn to jump the curbs like he could, but there was only one street light, and now there's one every block. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the sidewalks are improving. The curb cuts are getting better.
0: So curb cuts, that's when you... So A curb, curb when you... cut is
1: like the let down or where, you know, to so cross the street... Or so you're
0: not making that six to eight inch to ten inch drop straight down? No, no
1: no no there and th- things are getting better you know things that a lot of people wouldn't even notice but I notice it um, that are are getting better in our community
0: that's and and you you mentioned something really important there too when you said it's not as though you can just say we did it but it's it's a continuing on and a building of so Oh, this works. Okay, now we're going to keep going and keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it sounds like you. Have also, sounds like there's quite a community here too, helping or are you've helped create a community here to, with around that with your meetings every.
1: Yeah, week. absolutely. I know that, like I say, with our advisory committee and with the peers right in within SCIBC, I mean, they're all getting it. They know. The importance of accessibility and they are advocating and they're working you know doing things I'm not the only one who can represent people with difficulties with spinal cord injuries or other mobility concerns there's lots of people out there that are stepping up and As they step up it's so great to see them stepping up and and maybe just working with me and maybe I'll just be able to go into the background and say they can do this you know it's it's great
0: I was gonna ask um, when you do get tired or you do get frustrated um, or when you do start to What things do you love to do? I know that... So, for instance, uh, I'll talk about my life as a teacher. I love my students. Students, if you're watching, I love you. But there's definitely days where I go... And then I go and I have... um, I I read a lot of books and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love our... like Something that I really enjoy is volunteering in this town. That has been so hard not to be able to do that the last Mm -hmm. few years. Um, But, uh, yeah, are there things that you enjoy that you get to... Like, we talked about watching your grandson play hockey. Oh. Uh, That was... Uh, Tanner on the Huskies, that that's an amazing thing. Um, yeah. What, what kind of things do you enjoy? Well, in,
1: those are the kind of things. I mean, we spend most winters and have since Tanner was, well, even our oldest grandson from the time he was six. And he was put into hockey, and he hated hockey. <laughs> and I am not an early bird, but Dylan would not go to hockey practice. And I said to him, Dylan, if I get up at six o'clock in the morning and go to hockey practice with you, would that be okay? And he would go to hockey practice at six o'clock in the morning when grandma would get up and go with him. And we would go down to the at that time while well, the kids arena and it was freezing cold. <laughs> and here I was at 6 o'clock in the morning, and he's across the board. Hi, Grandma. Hi, Grandma. Not thinking about hockey at all. And needless to say, he did not continue with <laughs> hockey. Um, he went in to play soccer and other things like that. Whereas our Heather's, the McCracken grandchildren they have all been hockey players. So we've spent, since Tanner was three, in a hockey arena, watching all three of them go to where Tanner is now in junior B. Brett's playing in U15. Madison's playing with the ladies team. She's just been to Prince George, where she has, they've done a, an ID camp, and she's been ID'd as one of the, uh, she can go and play in Prince George. They've Wow. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, we're very proud of all of them, and to watch them play, since they, you know, we still see this little Tanner, and now playing in Junior B, and just the excitement of all of that. I mean, for him being a rookie this year, and what the Huskies have done this year, um, it's going to take a lot in his second year and mm-hmm. possibly a third year to match what he's done. And But it, we're just so proud to watch all of them out there doing what, they're do, what they love.
0: So, yeah. Yeah, will be, when you win everything in your first year, yeah, two and three and four, that seems to be hard. hard yeah, ball, there might but... be
1: a little bit of a come down from that. But, you know, he loves it. And what more can we say? I mean, just to be so proud. I know we were talking earlier about did we go to provincials? And no, we did not go to provincials. There was talk that we might, but between the time we knew that they were going to provincials, I got asked to go on a ladies' retreat down to Nermata, Naramata won, but I did watch some of the games. I streamed a couple of the games from Naramata, and the family here all gathered at our house to watch the games because we have the biggest screen TV and the best Wi-Fi. So they were all able to watch from our house.
0: Did you... Because I know because they lost the first game in the provincials, I believe, did they? Or
1: they did, yes. Did your heart the... just kind of clench? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, yes, it did.
0: The...
1: But you know, I I knew that they were really wanting this. They really, really wanted this, and you know, they they did it. They they came back and they won it, and they yeah, <laughs> it was just amazing to watch. Him out there playing, he, he as a workie, he played two games. He didn't play in the final game, but he was there and he certainly was there to be part of the, the party and the celebration. <laughs> and I kept looking for number five because that was his number this year and I would see him out there and get goosebumps watching and celebrate with the rest of the team. It was great.
0: Well, Laurie, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you just was, be, you're, you have a quote here, and it says that um, it's on, it was very fun, by the way, trying to research you. And just because like, I felt, I was like, I hope she doesn't think I'm, because I asked you a bunch of questions, but, Like, I hope she doesn't think that I'm stalking her. But one of the quotes you said is, you believe that everyone has a right to live the best quality of life possible and that wheelchairs do not define peop- uh, who people are. And I wanted to bring you on because... I'm in admiration of your advocacy work. I, I know that my students are having a better world because you've helped create it. And I'm in awe that you chose to stay here and you wanted to make this better. But I also wanted to bring you on because, um, and I don't know if I'll say this right, so please correct me, but with the, when you said that the chair doesn't define who you are, I wanted people to know how great you are. The life before, um, how that's only got more richer, and, and just how much you care about the people around you. Mm-hmm. Um, to hear you talk about your grandchildren is, is really fun. Um, you're just the coolest grandma. But then also to hear you talk about, about the peers and things like that. People really deserve to know that you are such a, a wonderful, multifaceted person. And I know uh, I got to know you a little bit through my mother, who who you two right. worked a little bit together. Um, so I've really been honoured that you, you came on the show.
1: Well, thank you, Ted. And, you know, I mean, it's... You do what you do to get where you want to go. And like I was saying, the the wheelchair doesn't define me. And the the biggest thing that... And it was my own daughter who said it. And I was... She was at a dance. She was a dance teacher for Highland Dance. Mm -hmm. And there was a competition here. And I was sitting... I don't even know where I was sitting. I was sitting with some of the other organizers and things. And anyway, I left. And Heather came back and she said, where's that chair my mom was sitting in? And everybody looked at her as if to say um, she took it with her (laughs) and she's across the field. But those are the kind of things that, you know, she wasn't thinking of Mum in the wheelchair she was wondering where the chair was that Mum was sitting in and uh yeah so and and it doesn't define who we are we may do things differently but some most of the time we can get the same result uh i love to garden and get out in my garden i can hardly wait to get out in the dirt and start digging do i do it the same as you or someone else that's out in the garden Probably not, but I get probably just as much enjoyment and just as dirty uh, when I climb literally into my raised flower beds and do those kind of things. But no, the the chair does not define us as a person, and because there's so much more that we can do, and we do.
0: Well, I'm, thank you, because I, I I thoroughly enjoyed and. When it comes to gardening, when you said, uh, do we do this? You do it much better. I tried gardening. It's not. <laughs> Actually, my wife and I are trying to garden right now. Uh, she's good. I, it's really hard. I can't. Like It's amazing that I'm responsible for children when I can't, I can't even raise a plant. So um, well. we might have to talk about how to keep those alive. <laughs> but No. Thank you so much. Is there anything? Oh, I know that I had a list of questions. Um, is there anything that we've missed or is there anything that you really wanted to touch upon that we haven't really talked about yet?
1: I don't think so. Um, Just thank you for having me on and being able to the community to know a little bit about some of the behind the scenes things that I'm doing or have done and the, the before life because most people here know me as an advocate for SCIBC and you know I always and one of the things that I always knew when I became disabled that I was where I was meant to be because you know they say you go through that grieving stage of, you know, losing the use of your legs. And I did, and but I still had that peace. I was where I was supposed to be. Because probably if I wasn't in the chair and hadn't become completely disabled i would still be at the cdc and probably loving it there's been so many changes there i don't even know if they would want me there right now with all the changes and everything that have gone on there but my world really opened up when i became disabled and you know my and the things that i've been able to do when i used to do a lot of public speaking, mm-hmm. and the first thing I would say is I don't feel like I'm disabled because there's so many things I've been able to do since becoming disabled, so and continue to do.
0: We, we were talking just before this, too. It's interesting how I was mentioning how um, I teach teenagers, and it's funny because I say I never want to be a teenager again, <laughs> but it it as we grow up, um, I don't know, there's probably a very eloquent way of saying this. It's just life just seems to get... Um, the one professor I used to say, let this life open so many doors and so many different windows and it just gets richer and it's every bit prepares you for the next bit. Um, my mom likes to, to a tapestry. She says life is a tapestry. Um, and that as you go, you get a little bit more and more of the view. And she also mentions how different instances and different people leave different threads. And sometimes those threads are short mm-hmm. and you only see people or you only experience something for a small amount of time, but it changes the whole thing. Um, yeah, it's. I'm sure this is you and love you back. You, you were. <laughs> that's I, that's I an
1: ana- a great analogy, is a tapestry because we're always building on, and what that tapestry is going to look like at the end, we don't know, and you know we're into our retirement years, and I turned sixty five in December, but I don't plan to retire. I mean, I guess I'm basically retired now, but I don't feel that because there's so many things that I still want to do Mm -hmm. and am doing as far as the audits. And, you know, there's so many fun things and interesting things that can be done with that and doing field audits and being and seeing parts of Northern BC that I've never seen before that I look forward to doing. And we can do now that Bob is completely retired, mm-hmm. so he's my he's my helper, like I say. He's with me along the way. He'll hold the tape measure for me if I'm measuring the width of a sidewalk or a doorway or whatever, So, or down on his knees looking at the <laughs> slope of, of a hill. And we do it together, and that's just where we are right now.
0: You guys are a wonderful team.
1: Yeah, we are. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you so much.
1: Well, you're very welcome.
0: Uh, I look forward to... Yeah, I've learned a lot, and I look forward to seeing you. And uh, is there... uh, If someone's looking up Spinal Cord BC, do they just type that into Google, or is there a specific thing that they should look up? No,
1: they should absolutely just uh, www.scibc. We've got a database of all kinds of information. It talks about AccessBC, which is the part where we are doing the field trips and the working more in the field and doing the audits and the consultations and, and that sort of thing. It talks about our peer program and how to get involved with that. And like I say, we have an info line that is just, you want to know anything about anything that's the place to go.
0: Perfect. Well, and I I like it too. It's accessible. It's it sounds like, well, you mentioned, and something I want to highlight too is for people who, who need the support and also for people to learn, because it sounds like you can't, if we want to change the world, both people, both, everyone, we're just people. Um, so you, you need to, to, it's good. Education is so wonderful for everybody Mm because it's just Yeah. so that I can walk away and go, where's the chair that Lori sat in? I I need that chair. So thank you yep. so much. And I look forward to seeing you again. And thank yep. you for being on the show.
1: Oh, absolutely. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks. <laughs> My pleasure.
0: And that that's Voices of the Peace. We look forward to our next conversation. Bob, I know that you're back there as well. So thank you for being a great teammate. And as always, uh, thank you to our, our technical support uh, to, to all of the Eagle Vision crew who's behind the scenes. My name is Ted Sloan. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time.